Cool. Okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It's a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who also happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in, in the, the break, break room. room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden. And I am your co host, Erica the Red. And today we are going to be talking about a book. A, the one about the book. Yes. With Miss Emma. Yes, and uh, Emma is a salon owner, educator, mentor, and most recently, an author. Arthur, you're an Arthur, just so you know. Uh, I have the pleasure of uh, meeting Emma during her educator training, uh, and I was literally immediately drawn to her as I walked in the back of the room, and she was actually presenting. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you know this. Um, but I, I've never heard this story, literally (laughs) stopped in my tracks and sat down at the very back corner. And I just was in a trance listening to you do your swatch book story. And ever since that day, I have mimicked your swatch book story up until we just got the new swatch book story. So, um, you have impacted my education career since the very beginning without you even knowing it. And I think you are going to extremely impact our industry as a yeah. whole with this book. Mm-hmm. It's good. Today, Miss Emma is here to it's share. It's too early her- to be making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can go ahead. Emma is here to share with us today her book, Cut the Trauma, which is a bite-sized guide to hacking the soft skills um, with your clients. And it's really cool. I'm really excited to talk about it, but we always start each week off with our peak and our pit. So if you're new here, it's just a high point and a low point of our weeks, and we're going to talk about it. Yes, we are. And I guess I'll go first. Who's going first? I'll go first. Um, So my peak is that my best friend works with me now. Yes. In the whole wide world. Uh, We met at uh, Cosmetology School Orientation, and we have had very vastly different careers. Mm -hmm. She went more like, low key like super cash Mm -hmm. for most of her career she specializes in vivids so her clients are more like punk rock laid back um and i went the like luxury Luxury. salon big lots of people vibe Uh and that's never been her vibe until now and now we're working together and this was our first week and so that's my peak um I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. I love it. Um, and then my my pit is like an actual pit mm. for the state of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and it's the anti-drag bill. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I, yeah. Um, I don't really want to talk about me it because it is, li- it it's literally <laughs> is very stupid and frustrates me. But that is my pit, pit this week. Yeah. I haven't been able to like get it off my mind. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, someone else go. <laughs> okay. I'll go. Um, my peak would be, I had a good week. I don't know. I've been in a good mood. Maybe it's because best friend Emily's there. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. Work's been good. It's been a little bit slow, which I would say was pro- is honestly probably my pick because nothing really bad has, haven't had a bad week. It's been yeah. good, you know. Um, but, yeah, I had a 
a good week, but a slow week. A good mental health week. A good, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. A good mental health week. <laughs> My mental health is stable this week, so <laughs> that's always a peak, you know? <laughs> wow, I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> no. All right, girl, your turn. <laughs> We're all a little crazy. It's okay. Um, so I, I, my peak is very on subject Mm -hmm. because, and I came prepared. I got my author's copy, like my proof of the book. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) so it's like, it's the, I got to like see it and read it and then, um, spend all of the money clicking the print button, which is a lot of money. (laughs) So everyone, as you're listening to exciting. right now, there will be a link Uh in the bio Go buy this book. Yes. <laughs> Go buy the um, book. And my pit is like, <laughs> um, my pit has been like an ongoing. I have been dealing with some crazy vertigo this week. Ooh. So like, I'll just like lift my head and then be like, oh, great. The room's spinning. Love oh. that. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, and by fun, I'm being completely sarcastic, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. No, that. Vertigo is rough, man. Yeah. No good. No good. All right. We're going to dive right in. Let's. Especially not when you handle sharp things. I, yeah. <laughs> what happens when you, like, do you have to call your clients and cancel? Um, I've been able to pretty much work through it. I just kind of like, because it goes by so fast. So I like just take a second. I'm like, mm, I'm going to reorient. All right. And we can go again. Yeah. Whoa. Is there anything that can be done for it? Like, is there medicine or. I was about to say, well, mine's because I'm coming off of a medicine, so it's, oh. it's time, time and water. Yeah, <laughs> lots of water. Alkaline water. water. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do. I actually, Listen, I'm so bougie. I um, no, I'm so bougie. I got an alkaline water system for my salon. See, see, Hunter, I'm not crazy. I am not. <laughs> you crazy. guys and your alkaline water. Uh huh. Nature bitches. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all y'all. Alkaline naked nature bitches. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I love it. This is too fun. Okay. Um. So let's just dive right yeah. in. I can't believe. It. First off, that book looks so cool in AI, your hands. It does. Because we've only seen like a printed cover on Amazon, mm-hmm. and it's like in your hands in real life. I'm so proud of you. That is such an achievement. I hope you're proud of yourself. It's. Yeah, I'm trying to be. I mean. <laughs> It feels like an underachievement. Like, I feel like I didn't go hard enough, but, you know, I think that's just uh, you took the, the overachiever first... brain. I don't think I f- you ever turn it off. Erica, I feel like I'm talking to I you know. on a computer screen <laughs> I was just gonna say that, while dude. I'm looking at you. This is this is going to be great. Y'all are going to vibe out. Oh, I love it. Um, let's take just a quick break and then dive into then the dive concept. In. Okay. Yeah. Ergo styling tools exist to create hair styling tools that are easier to use ergonomically friendly to the body and deliver longer lasting shiny hair originally started as ergo research inc a research company to help hairstylists who were in pain after a day in the salon what we've learned now allows everyone to look and feel their best every single day for nearly 30 years leading hairstylists and salons have chosen ergo styling tools for professional use and offer them to their clients to keep their hair healthy and beautiful at home you can choose Ergo Styling Tools and choose longevity in your career and healthier and shinier hair and get 10% off by using code HUNTER in all caps at checkout. So go to www.ergostylingtools.com and use code HUNTER 
Make sure it's in all caps for 10% off your order. Yeah. Sex this year. I mean, I think everybody does, Hunter. <laughs> well, I know someone who can help. AdamandEve.com is a sex-positive site where you can find almost anything you desire. Listeners of this podcast will receive 50% off plus free shipping. Not only that, you will get some extra sexy bonus items as well. We cannot forget to mention that everything will be packed and shipped 100% discreetly. Just use code BRBPOD at checkout for 50% off and free shipping. And your extra sexy bonus items. Oh, go to adamandeve.com. Use code BRBPOD. And make 2023 sex the best sex of your life. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now we're back from our break. Um, let's talk about the concept. Um, the book opens up with the sweetest yeah. letter. Yeah. From your sweet, sweet, sweet husband. <laughs> it literally almost made me cry. You're right. Uh, I was like, dang, I got off work and I thought I was going to be like relaxing reading this book. Right. And now I'm tearing He's up a little bit. Crying. Um, but I loved the dad joke and we're just going to slate this episode for success. <laughs> yes, we are. And talk about the concept of this book. And Erica, go ahead and talk. Um, uh, or actually, Emma. I want, yeah, Emma, I want to hear from you, like, what, um, what in the world possessed you to write this book? <laughs> We're and like, I mean, obviously. Okay, that's a. Go for it. Uh, well, I, I did want to say, like, you can blame me for the dad jokes. I'm actually <laughs> the resident dad in this house, and I've started to rub <laughs> off on him. He's picking up on the dad humor, and I'm very proud of him for that. Um, Love it. <laughs> He's dadding very I'm well Dad now. joke central. Mm-hmm. Um, but this book, uh, I had other plans, other business plans, um, and I think I mentioned it when we were chit-chatting earlier. Uh, the plan was to get my YouTube channel started and up and running and then some things happened and that's getting pushed back a couple months. And I was like, I took a semester off college to do business work. Mm -hmm. I need to do something with this extra time I've got. And I was like, you know what? Everyone has been telling me to write a book for like since I could write. Mm -hmm. Literally, like I think in middle school, my teachers were like, you're going to be a writer when you grow up. Like we just you're going to be a writer. Why don't you just write extra stuff? We're not going to grade it. Just write extra stuff. <laughs> they just like I'm to read nerd. what you had to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it kept me busy, so I couldn't get in trouble. But um, I sat down and I honestly, I didn't have a plan. Like I didn't, I had no, like there, this wasn't a long thought out 10 years in the making mm -hmm. from that standpoint, at least. Like I sat down and I was like, uh, okay, well, I decided I'm going to write something. What the hell is that going to be? And this was just kind of the first thing that came to my mind and I started click clacking and it poured, it poured out yeah. real easy and real fast. Um, so on the other side, I think, you know, it's been 10 years in the making of experience and all my time as an educator and my journey. Um, I know I touch on it a little bit mm -hmm. in the beginning, but like, I've got a whole like several suitcases of trauma like yeah I was talking to a client today about like maybe I'll write my autobiography next and she was like you're so young what would you even have to write about and I'm like <laughs> I could I could write an autobiography that ha would have you exhausted before I even hit 18 like you'd be like yeah. tapped out like I need a break yeah my family story is wild 
um, my half brother actually crawled out of the woodwork and commented on my Facebook about the book, like, oh, that's cool. We should both tell our family story because I've thought about writing a book about it. Like, it's so oh, wild. Whoa. Like, our whole family has it's oh story for another day. Well, um, but I coming mean, if you write that book, I'll read it. <laughs> Um, coming into the industry with like that much trauma, a lot of what brought me to doing hair was the handful of salon experiences I was blessed enough to have had Mm -hmm. before I went to hair school and like the level of, as a teenager, all the insecurity, my life was hell. I was going through it and my aunt decided to kind of go behind my dad's back. And take me to a real salon. Because up until that point, I was great clips, super cuts, all that stuff. Um, and you see these waves. Like, they're, <laughs> people still struggle yeah. with how to cut my hair. <laughs> and it was, yeah, my hair was a big insecurity and a big problem for a long time. And she would, there was two or three times she took me to, it was an Aveda salon. Um, it was the only one in the whole county because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and you went um, to an Aveda school, way, like, right? I did, yeah. So that was like a good, like soft introduction for me. Yeah. Um, but just the stylist, even if they didn't land the mark on like what I wanted, because I was a real weird, funky teenager, because mm-hmm. I'm a weird, funky adult. Um, <laughs> they they never looked at me like I was a crazy person. Like they would just say, "Okay, here we go." And like that alone, I, I mean that I carried that for so long. Yeah. I'm obviously still carrying it like now. Um, and you're talking about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you this woman's name. I couldn't tell you what her face looked like. I just remember her not looking at me like I was crazy when I said I wanted to have as bright of a red as she could give me with black streaks in the front on my like shoulder, like Bob. And she was like, I'll see what I can do. And And rolled with it. Kids like you were my favorite clients when I was like (laughs) fresh out of beauty school that just wanted to do something wild and crazy and like, and they were just kind of trying to express themselves, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's really cool to like hear it from your perspective, like how much that stuck with you. Cause I always try to be that stylist for that kid, you know what I mean? So you're going to make me cry over Well, that's here. the other side of the coin. Yeah. It Once is. I got into the industry, I've tried so hard to be that person. And I've seen, unfortunately, like stylists next to me not give a shit about being that person or not think it's important or not see the need because mm-hmm. they weren't that kid. They were the typical, I mean, not to like stereotype, but you, you mm-hmm. guys know, like there's yeah. like, if you wanted to be a blonde and you lived in the American South... Every hairstylist can do blonde. Everyone's like, cool, that's great. Right. And they never had that, like, huge emotional battle surrounding their hair in the same kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think they they drew that connection that what we do is so intimately powerful. And And it can be transformative. I've seen stylists that are great at it. In so many different ways. Not just in a, like transformative hair type of way but a transformative emotional experience Mm -hmm. for some people and I'm right there with you Erica I I was the quote-unquote normal kid Mm -hmm. um but I had a hairdresser mom Mm -hmm. so I had all the hairstyles I could possibly want yeah and my mom always thought it was cool and fun and funky and so now I strive 
in my mind, I'm striving to be like my mom, but now I am kind of realizing that there's a bigger picture there, you know, other than me just trying to like make my mama proud. There's, there's kids out there that I say, heck yeah, let's party with this. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, you want four red streaks in your hair? How about I do like 12 of them? Right. Like, (laughs) let's fuck it up. And it, it opened that what you just said opened my eyes to the fact that what we do is so powerful. Well, yeah, because I especially like if the parents are like, you know, kind of not wanting the kid to experiment or whatever. Like, I'm always the one that's like, well, let's see if we can make you both happy. You know what I mean? So that way mom's down with it moving forward. You know what I mean? And it can be you can express yourself in that way. And it's just, I don't know. I have you guys, have you guys ever had the teenagers or even sometimes it's the younger kids Mm -hmm. because kids are, they are much more complete human beings than people like to give them credit for. Oh yeah. I thoroughly believe that. Um, with the boys, especially who want their hair long and the parents want it short. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Or the girls that want the pixie and the moms want them. Long, long braids yeah that was me as a kid because i was so over it i was such mm-hmm. a tomboy you wouldn't believe it <laughs> seeing me now you would not believe i was like covered in mud all the time oh, yeah. um have just the look in those kids eyes i mean i i'm sure you've had it at least one point but mm-hmm. if you actually like stop and look in those kids eyes and see their, their parents saying no we're doing my way on your body mm-hmm. and they're broken yeah they're breaking right in front of you. And we're in such a powerful position. If you ever like put your foot down and say without this kid's consent, like I'm not cutting their hair Mm. that way. Like we either have to find a middle ground or I'm not doing anything. And like the tears (laughs) you will see from that. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. It is wild that sometimes we're their only like spokesperson. Yeah. In that situation. It's, it's wild. And it's such a normalized thing. I don't like, I'm not, I just want to be clear. I'm not like hating on parents because so many people don't look at it that way. Yeah. So many people have the mindset of it's just hair. It doesn't matter. But for, and if it matters to you, it matters. It does. Exactly. I was going to say for someone struggling with identity or mm-hmm. trying to figure out who they are as a person, their hair is the first and easiest thing that they can change, especially yeah. when it comes to things like, body dysmorphia that Mm -hmm. kids may be experiencing or anything like that, they can change that instantly. It's not a permanent change. It is just hair. It is just hair. Yeah. Let them cut the hair off. Right. Let them grow the hair out. Well, I always think I'm like, you know, you need to let these kids express themselves in some sort of way that is safe. Like, yeah, your hair always grows back, you know, Mm -hmm. because otherwise they're going to be angry and they might go and get themselves in some dangerous real trouble because they're, feeling unheard and unseen you know what I mean just in like any situation yeah you know and like even I mean I'm a grown woman I'm not really struggling with my identity I know who I am but I always cut my hair off when I'm going through something emotional and I'm letting go of trauma and moving forward there's always a hair cut attached to that you know (laughs) what I mean so it just is it's a powerful 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 thing 
Absolutely. And I feel like us talking about this goes great into the first letter of this acronym, mm-hmm. which is sanctuary. Yes. And Emma, tell us, like, what does creating a sanctuary for you mean? Because I know you've worked, like, I kind of know a little bit of your, like, salon history. And I know your most recent last salon is very similar to a setup that Erica and I are working in. It's lots of people hustle, bustle, the whole nine. Um, so I guess I'm asking more so for myself in this instance. Yeah. How do you create a sanctuary in a space like that? Uh, well, the first thing I want to tell you is like, don't let that stop you because right. that word I actually got from my guests. Um, when I was working in a 30 chair salon ish, I'm estimating, but 30 ish chair salon. Uh, I never counted it. I had guests who would come in and say, Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Coming here is my sanctuary. Coming to see you is my sanctuary. And a couple of them came in and said that. And I don't remember how close together they were or weren't, but like one person says it, that's a fluke, right? Two people say it. Okay three plus people start saying you're like that now we're at a pattern right i had at least 10 of them come in and use that specific word and i was like i'm on to something here (laughs) and it wasn't until i went independent that i really like latched on and said i'm going independent i'm setting up a room i want my room to be a sanctuary and like wrapped my head around what that meant and i was like well now I have control over all these things, but if I had people saying it when I was in a room with 10 blow dryers going and 20 conversations happening and, you know, all of that noise and the bright hustle and bustle, which you don't have control over the stuff happening around your chair. So if you're going to do that in a big salon, you have to really, truly hone in on your chair and your guests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's things as little as I went and shadowed with um, Audra. Mm-hmm. You remember Audra from Kyun? I do. I went and shadowed with her for a weekend because I liked the way her brain worked. And I was like, I just want to see what you do. She turned the guest so that – or turned the chair so that when the guest came in, it was ready for them to sit in it immediately. Mm-hmm. That small of a thing. I had never considered that in 10 years of doing hair. Not once had I considered the direction my chair is facing mm-hmm. when somebody walks in. Yeah. Well, in the direction your chairs are facing at the end of the day or when you're not ready for someone to sit in your chair, it all has like a hidden language within it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, it's everything from that to like the way you speak to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, making sure that they feel comfortable in our chair because I am a weird, punky adult. Most of my clients are not. I promise you, most of them are like as bread and butter Southern as it gets. <laughs> like really, that's my the bulk of my clientele because of where I live. Mm-hmm. And um, they still feel safe sitting in my chair with my weird piercings and my sometimes neon hair. And uh, because it's not about me, it's about what I can do for them. And when you shift that, like nothing about my chair has to do with me. It doesn't. The only thing that does have to do with me is making sure that I feel solid enough to take care of you. And it's Mm -hmm. motherhood. That one I learned from being a single mom. Can't pour from an empty cup. 
Yeah. So go build your own sanctuary first. Like you have to have your own sanctuary. You have to feel good in your own space. Once you feel good, you can help them feel better. Mm. Yeah. That one is strong. Once you feel good, you can make them feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, and you've already touched on it, but I, we have like quotes written down from the book. And one of our favorites mm-hmm. was the most important aspect of heart healing for our guests is healing ourselves to be fully present for them. Yeah, and that one hit me hard. I f- <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead or do you want me to finish? Go can say I, go what ahead. you're saying. I feel like in our industry, everyone always says no one cares about you. You are there to take care of the stylist. But what you've okay. done is take that a step further and say, yeah, you're right. The client might not care about you. But what is important is that you take care of you so that you can take care of them the best way that you can. And I, it's just such a non-toxic way of mm-hmm. saying that your client comes first in the salon, but you come first when it's your time. I mean, like I, like I said, motherhood taught me that lesson, hundred um, percent. As a single mom working a crap ton of hours trying to make it in this business, which y'all know is hard, and I realized one day that I was a shit mom because I was doing too much for everybody else. I was doing for the salon. I was doing for my son. And when I started stepping back and taking time to take care of me, all of a sudden I was a better stylist behind the chair. I was better for my kid. I was playing with him. I was back to like having those happy memories. And it's the same principle that like, it's not about you. It is not at all. When you're in the salon, it's not about you, but you can't make it about them. If you're still worried about you, like I, it seems like such a conundrum, but once you start leaning in and taking care of yourself with the intention to be better for somebody else, it kind of, it just creates a flow. It really does. You improve for you and you'll want to be better for the people around you. And then the people around you will see that and start treating you better. Mm-hmm. It's so cyclical. It's silly. You had something to say, Erica? Not anymore. <laughs> oh, Not I anymore. thought she was about, she was starting I'm to sorry. leak from her eyeballs. You make me about to cry over here. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm really in in the midst of um, kind of a lot of what this book talks about. Personally, I am growing through right now. And I think anybody who listens to the podcast and then reads your book will be like, no wonder she said that, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, it's true. You have to take care of yourself before you can really take care of anyone else. And... Once you do that, just like you just said, everything falls into place. So I don't really feel like I have anything to add to that other than it hit me right in the gut. <laughs> it's the airplane policy, girl. What? What's the airplane? It's po- the airplane policy. What is that? In an emergency, you have to put your own oxygen oh. mask on before yeah. you help others. <laughs> because you can't put somebody else's oxygen mask on if you already passed out. I'm not going to lie. That's the part I don't listen to on the plane. I got my headphones in. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> <laughs> um, I memorized it like 20 know, years right? ago so well, like I don't listen anymore totally. I just know it right um, we're gonna have to take another break before we go in the next letter in the acronym is L for slate and 
I'm just For saying listen. words because I am it's trying to fill empty space. Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm just letting you. So the, <laughs> Go the ahead. next letter is Take L. It. For listen. Um, which I'm just going to read this first paragraph, okay? So it, it says, is that okay with you, actually? Let me ask Okay. Ask the author. Yeah, go ahead. Ask if I can read this. Um, So it says, this sounds simple, almost too simple, probably. And that's because it is. Listen to your guests, except it isn't. Or everybody everybody would be doing it. The skill of active listening is something we can all improve upon. When you listen to them and truly hear what they have to say, not to form your response, you will understand their needs significantly better. The difference is palpable when you're – on the receiving end of this treatment. Listening is a simple concept and is a surprisingly challenging task. Um, and I just thought the part that stuck out to me in that first one was like, yeah, it's one of those things. Remember I said the other week, I was like, it's simple, but it's not easy. easy. Like there's a lot of work to get to the place where you can do that. But once you do that, you're in a better spot, you know? Well, and what's funny is I casually uh, threw in a quote from you with a client the other day because um, I had done this really fun, vivid color with like bubbles and I posted it on Instagram, but um, my client said, Anne Frank would be so proud. She meant Lisa Frank. (laughs) Um, But I went, I said, you know what? Anne Frank would be so proud. And Erica was standing beside us and she goes, what did y'all just say? And I said, you know what? At least I'm active listening. It's one of the hardest parts of our industry. (laughs) I was like, well, I listened and I repeated (laughs) and it was wrong. But, um, funny, but funny, (laughs) but funny. And you hear it. I feel like all the time you listen, not to, you listen to answer the question mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of times with me and some of it's a little bit of the ADHD, I was, but <laughs> yeah. um, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say before someone finishes what they're saying before they finish a sentence a lot of times. And so taking the time to stop my brain, <laughs> consciously stop it, and listen to people and once again I read this book twice in one week yeah last week and forced myself this week to stop my brain from trying to form a response and I really do feel like I did better this week good for you like every single one of my clients got exactly what I at the end of their service they said this is exactly what I was thinking this is exactly what I told you to do except for I didn't know how to say it and I I was like I started started translating translating what they were saying instead of trying to form a response girl you impacted me I love it I'm so proud of you impacted me hard with that one so what does that mean for you Uh, so as you guys, I'm sure have noticed, I talk a lot. I can run my mouth all day. I, that's just, I've been that way since the day I was born. (laughs) 
so it was a big task for me uh, to learn how to slow down and to listen, like actually listen. And of course, we've heard it a million times, right? Like, listen to your clients, listen to your friends, listen to your partner. Listening and hearing are two different things. The first time I heard the term. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hearing is like the surface level. Like I acknowledge that sounds exist. Listening has like tears and it starts at like. I technically understand the words that you Mm -hmm. said, but they don't have any meaning yet, right? Like, there's no substance there. And it keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you start adding in the non-audio, like the the body language, all of that. What people are wearing on any given day can even, like, give you signs to how they're feeling internally. Like, all of that active listening, like, when you, like, are trying to listen. Like, it's not like, I'm hearing words. But you turn that on shut off your own dialogue and like lean in. You do hear so much more from people. You will see layers Mm -hmm. acting. They call it subtext, right? Like you start to see the subtext right in front of your face that like she said she wants brighter. That's not really what she meant. That's not what she meant at all. What she meant was she needs dimension and you start to get those cues and you can back and forth with them. I think the word I used Mm -hmm. in the book was translational that You take it, you turn it into hairstylist, you put it in the wash, rinse it off, break it down to its bare bones, bring it back out to the guest in a way that makes sense to them. And it's, it's harder. Mm -hmm. It's really harder when you put that active effort in. I'm sure you've noticed, Hunter, it takes work. It, that's good. (laughs) That means you're doing it right. (laughs) It gets easier with time. It does. It'll become intuitive. The thing that pops into my head Um, is But I mean, that's something like we all. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it's something we all like can actively. I don't care how good you are at active listening. There's a next level. Go harder. Go ahead, Erica. Oh, I just was going to say that the thing that pops into my head is um, I want caramel highlights. What is, well, what does caramel mean to you is always my first question. Let's look at some pictures together. Let's break that down. Let's break that down, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't remember who first brought it up because I've had a couple of mentors who mentioned it throughout the years that active listening was a skill. But I do remember Chris Solome was the one who, like, made it make sense. And he literally one day, and this was, you know, behind the scenes, not in front of guests or anything like that. But he was like, I don't give a fuck how good of a listener you think you are. You can do better. Find the noise in your brain. Like, find whatever you think you're hearing. Put it under a microscope. Because if you're looking at it, like, regular surface level, you just aren't you aren't getting the picture. You're not going to get it. You have to take that microscope out. You've mm-hmm. got to find a way to make your brain hear more and see more when people are talking to you. And it, he like it, it might be the cussing. It might have been the cussing, but I will it makes say, it he, I took a business class from him in January, <laughs> and it's it is the cussing. It's what makes it stick. Yeah, because <laughs> he said some things to to us. He, he literally will just look at you and like yeah. do fucking better, and like you're it just magically fixes. I know it works for me, yeah, for sure. That's it's swear words for emphasis. I, yeah, makes yeah. it important. 
Um, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Otherwise, we're going to be here forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. right. We could sit here and talk. This is going to be dangerous. We could do a whole series on this. Yeah. Um, the next one is acknowledge. Um, like acknowledging your guests when they come in and everything like that. But what really stuck out to me, and this one was also kind of in the beginning of this pers- one, was using people's name. Mm-hmm. Talking to them by like I am the queen of saying all right, babe, hun, darling, you know what I mean. And this hit me because I'm like, you know what? No, you need to be calling them by their name. You know, um, it does. It does make people like you. It is. I've heard that before, but I mean, maybe it was the cussing, but it it stuck. This really hit me this time. And um, what's funny is it didn't hit me the first the times that I read it yeah. until you just said it out loud to me and I'm like I do say darling honey I babe do. sweetie I do all the time. And so I just I'm going to actively really try. Look, we're all from the south. Those are going to well, happen. I'm not, but I said it anyways. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, she's the West Coast gal. <laughs> yeah, we're all from the South, but. Yeah. Oregon. Oh, okay. Well, it it being make mm-hmm. names the majority. If you, like, make an active effort to be, like, yeah. as often as I can fit your name into conversation mm-hmm. and not be creepy, <laughs> right? Like, there is a line. But as many times as I can say it and not make it, like, uh-huh. I'm just sitting here going, hey, Erica, yeah. Erica, do you want to go somewhere, yeah. Erica? Erica, do you have feelings today, Erica? <laughs> Don't do that. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as many times as you can use it effectively in a sentence, it makes people feel mm-hmm. so good. And, like, if you've ever been somewhere and been on the receiving end of that, like, I will pay so much more money for a service where they mm-hmm. know who I am and remember my name, or especially if it's a first time, if it's a first time visit and they remember my name, like 20 minutes in, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm impressed because mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. That's a hard this skill. This one, I think, also kind of tied in with our episode we did with Whitney, you know, and human yes. connection. Honestly, a lot of these things are like just very related, you know? Um, but, it for me just kind of solidified like the whole I'm really trying to remember to like make personal notes about a conversation that I have with a client to remember to ask them next time because I've been doing people long enough that like I need to be remembering that stuff you know and so um it and it makes people feel special when you do mm-hmm. you know well and I've that's another thing that a stylist that we work with is so good about mm-hmm. that she will write down like you'll see uh, glaze formula 10.17 and beige mm-hmm. uh, likes uh, sonic hot dogs yeah. likes horses <laughs> right. like a couple of things in there about that person mm-hmm. and this week once again after reading the book have been trying to there was one client this week that it she was like whoa you remembered that and it was because I wrote it down yeah. but trying really hard to bring those things up but isn't it that's the thing is when you see the little quick note, it triggers a memory in your brain because then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that conversation. And then you can like, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. And let me tell you, it's a lot less awkward when you start writing those notes down than whenever you're like, oh, how is so and so and da 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 da. And then they're you're like, like uh, you mean this and this. And you're like, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. I yeah. remember that conversation. And it's also better than a, weren't you doing something big last time I saw you, you know? 
Yes. Huh. You want to know a secret? Writing it down is like the best hack because mm-hmm. it's twofold. There's yeah. no shame in that, right? Like there's no shame. Most industry professionals have what? 250 guests a month on average. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. We hear stories all day long. When you write it down, mm-hmm. you're more likely to remember it. Just by taking ownership and saying, I am putting this, whether it's typed into a computer or handwritten, like I am acknowledging this information. It's a second connection through your neural pathways of getting so nervous. I'm sorry. But like it actually helps to solidify by having another avenue through your neural pathways Mm -hmm. of that information. And then you get a third one when you go to open their file and you read that same information. So you are by writing it down, like you're hacking your brain. There's no shame in that. None of us are going to remember 250 people's names, husbands' names, wives' names, children's names, favorite sport, favorite cup of coffee. Like, we're just not. Write it down. It's okay. You're helping your brain do what you wanted to do when you write it down. Like, Totally. Go for it. For sure. And that's something that, like, I, again, I kind of on my own have come to. I'm like, I just have to write this down. Like, I just have to accept that I need this for my brain and there is no shame in it, you know? Yeah. But and so here I am and it's helping me, you know? So do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, on the other side, clients don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care that you wrote it down. They care that you took the effort to write it down so you would remember. Yeah. But it's still the same result. You took the time to care How enough to write it, wrote it down. They ain't going to see your notes. Yeah. I mean, like, if you really want to think about it. Um, I tell, I, like, look at my phone while I am mixing color, and I tell all of my clients, hey, I'm going to look at my phone for a minute because my memory is awful, so I have no idea what I did in your hair last time. I'm <laughs> So my clients yeah. know, like, yeah. there's yeah. no way I'm going to remember it because <laughs> my memory is shit. <laughs> well, and I, I like just kind of, like, wrapping up the acknowledgement part. You said – that people are more likely to like you if you yes. use their name. And um, the quote that hit me hard on that is, good thing is likability is a learnable yeah, trait. that was one of my favorites. Because I say all the time, I'm not a likable person. 100%. I'm loud. I'm, you know, yeah, out there. Yeah. And I'm not for everybody. But the good news is... You can learn to be likable to your guests. You can learn to be likable to your guests. Hey, Hunter, actually, you you wanna you wanna do a fun uh, yes, brain experiment do you mind on this if one? We real take quick? a break and then when you first met we're me, we're gonna pause give for me camera like, real quick. Oh, go ahead. All right. Um, when you first met me, if there was like one or two words that you would use to describe me, what would those words be? Mm, okay. Bald. <laughs> Okay, you, but you can not Courageous. physical descriptors, personality, like feelings. Courageous I gave you. and warm. Courageous. Okay. Anything else? Do you want to know what the number one word? And it's like it's it's the flip side of sanctuary. I have heard throughout my what? entire life is intimidating. Second was angry. I took that feedback and I had to work really hard because I don't feel like a mean person on the inside. And I was like, why do people keep yeah. thinking I'm mean? Well, I had. And I had to like. Yeah, I had the <laughs> opportunity to see you like shine for your first impression. Like you were putting on your best face. So to me. That's but that's that that's should be true. every day in the salon. That is true. Right? Like But to me, I saw like, <laughs> okay, this bitch is bald and fucking rocking it. She's got black lipstick on. I won't forget it. Black lipstick, fierce. 
eyeliner, honey. I mean, she was pointed. Uh, and I thought you were courageous. <laughs> like, okay, she's bald and she's rocking it. And you were smiling and you were mm-hmm. happy. And that's where the warm came from. Like, yeah. I wanted to sit and I had to learn to how to smile. <laughs> that's why sometimes I'm like. That's another part of likability. Well, you have a great smile, Hunter. And so do you. So. <laughs> You guys did good. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks. We grew them ourselves. Good job. You learned likability great. <laughs> As we're both like. <laughs> um, okay. Next so time. acknowledge. What are we at? We're at treat. Okay. S-L-A-T. So treat. Um Ba, 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 ba. And this one, this one I love too. Really focuses on like honestly, kind of like the small things and the little details. Like, like I <laughs> like how you're talking about. Um, I don't advertise that I keep snacks on hand. Some stylists do, but if someone is in my chair for four plus hours or seems to be getting pale, I offer them a small snack, <laughs> like it's something that like is a small little detail. But that's gonna be so much elevate that's gonna elevate their experience so much if they're like i'm so hungry and you're like hey do you want some pretzels or something they're like oh my god yes thank you please you know Mm -hmm. they make it through their long appointment they're not starving they're enjoying themselves well and you want to know something else too i noticed you have been offering your guests beverages for the last two days and i know that you read this book two days ago We have ran through <laughs> three boxes of wine this week from yeah. Erica and I alone. I have only given out one glass of wine, but lots and lots of water. Oh, well, then maybe that's me. Yeah, that's you. I've been like, you want you, wine? You were like, no, white, uh, red, white, or blush. I'm serious. Red, white, or blush. I heard yeah. you say that today. <laughs> it's the book. Right. I love that. Look at you teaching us stuff, reminding us to be good at what we do. <laughs> the other one that stuck out to me, too. Well, if y'all are better than I am. I won't well, do alcohol. Well, us. I was going to yeah. say, we don't have I to don't buy do alcohol it. in the salon. Exactly. Um. <laughs> oh, it's not. I just like, I don't know about y'all. My people are too crazy. I don't need to act. <laughs> we, <laughs> You know, sometimes it does. I gave a, my last guest today, I gave them a glass of wine. And I thought that the bottle was more empty than it was. So I just like poured it and I wasn't paying any attention. And it came, it went to the brim. And I was like, well, can't put it back. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah, got and a big so glass. I gave it to him and I went to the back and I was, I think I was eating my lunch and like prepping for this episode. And he sent me a text message and he said, not me tipsy at the salon right now. Will you come <laughs> out here? <laughs> That's what, is that why he was like, I can, y'all cannot be giving me one. Yeah, he was like, will you take this from me, please? <laughs> and like, can I also please have two <laughs> bottles of small water? <laughs> I was like, oh, sweetie. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But no, I mean, it's... It, even, like, I've been offered wine at salons and uh, harder beverages, which I always like the people who serve, like, tequila in salons. <laughs> you're bold. You, we have you a lady bold. that brings her own tequila. Sirs yeah. and ma'ams. Like, I... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, just having the water on hand. Like, right? Such a simple need. Like, just just make sure you can offer them. Like, here's a little thing that I know you need. I know you need. So let me take care of it for you. 
Well, they might need the wine too. Some people do. Uh, yeah. Right. That might be. Well, and um, I don't think that this is necessarily true, but forever ago, I, when I worked in a salon that offered wine, one of the, like my mentors in the salon said that, well, if they drink wine, their body temperature warms up and they process faster. So <laughs> do with that what you will. <laughs> I was like, mm, hmm. There's yeah. some science behind some. that. I, it's going to be person to person, but yeah, they're not exactly. wrong. Um, it's all about your environment. Right. Well, yeah, and that's basically what this is about obviously water is not the only thing she wrote about here so like do you want to kind of expand on it for us <laughs> i mean i could i could write a whole section on water i like i am a nerd <laughs> about water as we talked about earlier with the alkaline like let's go but, um true i don't um i've got a few clients trying to convince <laughs> me to get one though sounds like you need one <laughs> but no treat i yeah um, for me, it really, it's just, that's mm. what makes us special, right? There's a lot of stylists in the world. There's a lot of really good stylists in the world. But if I go to a salon, even if I don't want the glass of wine, right? The first time I was offered alcohol in a salon, actually, I was underage and I'm terrified of breaking rules. I was 19 and they offered me wine. And I said, no, thank you, because I was a scaredy cat. Um, the Hard punk exterior is exactly that because I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> and so I turned down the wine, but I like, I did spend 15, 13 years. Yeah, I'm getting old. Um, and I still remember that because it just felt so nice for them to be like, hey, mm -hmm. do you want this? Like, that is such a heartwarming thing. And I think it just touches on like our human needs to be taken care of even if it's in the smallest of ways, like it feels good when you are at home with your partners, your friends, your family, whatever. And somebody says, Hey, I'm going to go get something to eat. Do you want something too? Yeah. It's the same philosophy. It's just from our capacity as stylists. Cause I've done it on occasion for a few people, but as a general rule of thumb, I'm not buying you dinner. <laughs> right. As a client. Um, but like offering what you can to like, make them feel mm -hmm. comfortable food snacks little sample sizes of new stuff you get like the small treats go so so far to our need to be taken care of like it's a like mm -hmm. more physical side of being cared for than the emotional. I like that you just said the small like sample stuff you know that we get for free mm -hmm. I find that like whenever Sometimes, sometimes it's free. Sometimes it, you have to pay for it. But if, <laughs> especially if you work in a big salon like Erica and I do, we get a lot of that crap for free. And our owner puts it all in the same place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's all there for you to take advantage of mm -hmm. if you should, should, cho so should choose. choose to. But mm -hmm. I've had clients that have come back after giving them a sample of something that's like, I need that, and I need four of them, please. I don't want to ever run out. That is the best shampoo I've ever used. Mm -hmm. Or, like, that styling product, like, I never thought I would have used that. And it may, not only does it make them feel special, but at the end of the day, we are running a business, and yeah. it helps you out. People help. spend more, and write, I did I write this down? Uh, 
something is the drug we sell. Oh, san- well, that was for sanctuary. Oh, but yes, uh, sanctuary is the drug we sell, but beauty is is what, what it's, it's laced, laced with. with. Yeah, love that. That I think is my mm-hmm. personal favorite quote from the whole book. Like, I feel like that's my mic drop moment. I could have not written another word and, like, yeah. still. I think, yeah, you need that, like, plastered upon um, a something, a billboard or it something. It would be a good neon sign for the salon. <laughs> Laced with beauty. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, okay, there's been a lot of conversations around drugs in my life. It was on the brain. Legal, mostly, but... <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. Sorry, fentanyl's on the market. My husband's allergic to marijuana. Like, yeah, we talk about everything yeah. top to bottom. So, <laughs> yes, allergic. Like, actually well, uh, allergic. That's allergic, really so. funny because um, Bradley is too. So it's is he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. It's funny. Ooh. I Bradley was the only person yeah. I've ever met that's allergic um, to it. I knew somebody who was allergic to it. Oh, yeah, oh, back in the day. But anyways, but yeah, I. I really like when you mentioned like, yeah, it's a business. We want to make money. I feel like part of what drove me to write this is that I have seen so much resistance in this industry to giving more to guests because as stylists, we give Mm -hmm. so much of ourselves. But when we give more and we do it the right way, right? Like when you set boundaries and take care of yourself first and then give more, you can make so much more yeah. money from doing that mm-hmm. so much more money like they're gonna want to come back to you um they're gonna want to buy more products from you they're gonna want to try the new product that you put on the shelf because you took the time to set it up and make it look pretty and that is its own kind of treat like it's a visual treat when you set up a pretty display right it's not just about looking pretty it's about creating a positive emotion and people spend money when they have positive emotions so like it's yes you get the ball rolling yeah. and then it starts to come back to you and when you make more money you have more resources to do mm-hmm. more stuff for them and then you see yes, how this and snowballs then more money mm-hmm. and then more resources and then more money yeah i uh-huh. love that and i yes i'm about to take this visual treat moment yeah. to the next level yeah. in the salon uh-huh i definitely we all have a table next to our station yeah. Granted, it's where purses go, but there is a way we can make a visual treat for our guests mm-hmm. at our tables, at yeah. our stations. I like that. <laughs> I believe in you. I'm going to tag you in a picture. Um, so let's just wrap this up because we have one more letter mm-hmm. in the acronym. Um, and I like that it's the last one. You might have saved the last one for the most important. <laughs> and it's Excel. The word means so. Yep. Yes. Fix your shit. Fix <laughs> your shit. And I'm not just talking about haircuts. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So go ahead yep. and expand on it. No. Um, Excel. Oh, okay. So I could. All of the soft skills, right? They're important. They're important. They matter. None of it matters if you're doing a shit haircut. None of it matters. I think the example in the book I used is if your flat iron's broke, you can't like. If you're bad at something, go get classes on it. Find the education. Fix that problem. If you have something broken in your salon space, whether you have control of it or you need to harass your manager into oblivion, 
fix that problem. Don't just deal with broken stuff because that's not okay for clients. I worked at a salon for five years that had water. I mean, water issues. Like it would just cut cold Mm -hmm. and that's not okay. That's not okay. We would have to run five sinks at a time to get it to get warm if there was just one person left in the building. Like it was obnoxious and not okay. Mm -hmm. Not okay. Right. Like that's not the clients knew like the clients would. Yeah, I know the water is rough. (laughs) Like that's not cute. That's not a good look. Right. Mm. Fix your shit. All of it. Your technical skills are the core of what we do. Mm. They got to be good. And the emotional side is your like your emotional baggage. Got to go. Fix that too. Whether it's. Yeah, it's you like I I am all about like when I say I am all about some mental health, like I'm literally in school. The goal is a doctorate. I want to switch to being a therapist instead of a hairstylist. Like, that's my end game. I am all about the mental health. But part of that, like, you cannot go to work and serve other people if you are stuck in your own head and your own suffering. Like, you have to learn how to drop your shit at the door, walk through, and say, now I'm taking care of someone else. Or if you can't, like... If you're in a capacity, my sister died when I was in the middle of a client, like middle of highlights. I got the phone call that she was in the hospital because my siblings didn't want to tell me yet that she had KO'd. Um, And I found someone else to take that person and walked out the door. I was, there was no way I was going to be able to put myself together enough to finish that appointment. No. No, There's no way. I didn't even, I knew, like that was one of those moments in my stomach, I knew she was gone I wasn't going to be able to finish that service so that's still part of like there was no way I was going to be able to put my baggage together enough to service that person so I made sure they were handled with somebody else that I knew could take good care of them that's that's still part of it like whoa it wasn't okay wouldn't have been okay to sob my way through the rest of that no it wouldn't have been fair to the client yeah (laughs) like or you, honestly. Like, yeah, it wouldn't have been fair to either of us. You needed to not be in that salon yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I hope you weren't like reprimanded for that. Thank God. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, like absolutely would... not. Um, they were, the company I was with was so like, absolutely. Another stylist like yeah. offered the second they saw me on the phone. They didn't even know what was happening yet. They just could see something was wrong. I, they handled it. Okay. Yeah. Excellently. Like no reprimands. Um, all the support Beautiful. I could have asked for from my Beautiful. team at the time. Good. Yeah. I was like, yes. for a second, like I was like, oh my god, she did not finish this client. Yeah, she did that's not like... finish this client. How did you do that? Oh. <sighs> but wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. Do you, do you want a hot story? A few years after that, I'm in the middle of a client. Last client of my day again. And I get the phone call that my brother died. I get all these calls at work. Jesus Christ. Holy cow. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. I buttoned myself up. I went and finished that client. Um, I'll save the sad story, but that was, uh, I knew it was coming for a long time call. And um, so I knew Mm. that I could do it, right? And I went and finished the client. And the mom was being a... 
super frustrating, didn't want to pay for more blonding, and then was complaining that it wasn't blonde enough mm. situation after I had just finished her daughter's mm-hmm. hair, getting the phone call when my brother died. And they, they called back and complained because I was grumpy. And my manager told them off in the most respectful way possible <laughs> that um, I finished their hair despite having a critical family emergency because they had to get in and they had to have and like that was a hard reminder for me that it's not worth it to carry like to buckle our stuff up for like as much as we love our guests i like when your shit's hitting the fan let it hit the fan let somebody else pick your stuff up and and deal with it for a while like I needed that it's reminder that it. day. That's, I wouldn't have been capable of doing that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like all I would be. I would be sobbing my way through it. It wouldn't even. I. It wouldn't happen. Mm-mm. I couldn't do it. I'm. I can thank a lifetime oh, of childhood trauma oh, for that one. Man. Wow. Anyways, I will say this. Yeah. This last chapter is another one that hit me. The heart healing. Heart healing and like. Um, well, oh, I guess I shouldn't say last chapter, last letter. That that was another one that hit me hard, but oh. we'll get there in a minute. Was this one um, about, like, just taking care of yourself, you know what I mean, w- right here where you're talking about uh, yeah. skipping lunch breaks and never going to the bathroom and surviving on coffee and willpower should be behind us, that part. Um, where you told talked about how your mentor said his motto was breathe, it'll save your life. You know what I mean? And sometimes, especially if you're going through something like that, sometimes it's not that serious. Sometimes it's some shit that's in your own head. That's me right there. That's what I'm always thinking about is like half the time I'm trying to manage this, what's going on up here in my own head. And if I could just take a breath and <sighs> – pull myself together before I go out there or, you know, if it is, if I do have to take a minute to cry in the bathroom or whatever, to just do it mm-hmm. and get it over with so I can go put on that happy face and focus on my client and remember everything we've talked about in this episode. But, like, yeah, mostly that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, there's two things I want to say to that. Take it away. Oh, first one, absolutely. Like taking a minute to put yourself together is way better than yeah. showing up discombobulated think- and disheveled. 100%. Um, thing two, do you know what they say about silence? It's deafening. <laughs> I don't know. What do they say about silence? Silence oh. is golden. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I have heard that one. It is, yeah. But it's true. Silence is golden. Well, I struggle yeah. with trying to fill the space with all of the it's air okay. or all of the words sometimes. But yeah, okay, here it is. This is the part that I skipped over in this that I liked. It says, um, it's better to take a guest late with a pre- present and clear mind than to rush to be on time and distracted and moody. That is what it was. His motto was breathe and it'll save your life. Yeah. Mm. That hit me hard. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. I literally had that yeah. sentence on loop in my brain no, for, I think, No, it's going to change years. the way I do hair. I'm like, not even joking. <laughs> Just remembering that. And I think that you 
hair mm-hmm. relationships, Absolutely. all of it. And I think that you are going to change people's lives, change the way that people do hair, change the pe- the way that anyone that has their hands on this book, you are going to impact and change the way that they look at how they deal with everything. Mm -hmm. Even someone who thought me, they were great at covering the soft skills even. And that I felt that they came natural to me. Mm -hmm. Reading your book changed the way that I am doing hair and it's changing Quite honestly, it's changing the amount of tips that I'm making. It's changing everything. <laughs> yeah. And um, retention has been something that I've kind of struggled with mm-hmm. for not necessarily struggled with. My retention is above the national average, yeah. not tooting my own horn, but just to give you a reference. I got my retention report after reading this. Mm-hmm. I'm at 98%. I'm at 75 regularly. That's a mic drop. 98% retention from two months. Holy sh- Dang. <laughs> That's crazy. You are going to change the world of hairdressing. And I fully mean that. Good. Y'all are going to make me cry. Cry about it. Let's cry about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to use my book what? as a fan. If, if have that tissues. didn't make you cry, the last two questions that we ask uh-huh. every guest that come on this podcast just might. And the first one is, what is the most notable time for you that you've had to pick yourself up back up after a fall or misstep in your career? And it doesn't even have to be in, a, in, in your, your career. It doesn't career? even have to be in your career. Uh-huh. Just the most notable time that you have had to pick yourself back up after falling oh I'm about to be sobbing like a baby because the first thing that comes to mind is like the thing that changed my life um at 18 my dad committed suicide and my mom was never in my life she's batshit crazy I mean batshit scary crazy so like she's a terrible person I met her she's awful so no mom Um, My dad committed suicide because I told him I was going to move out because I couldn't afford to do anything. He was struggling. It was 2010. Life was hard. 11, January 2011. Um, Because, you know, the last big recession, right? So at 18, I'm on my own. And my siblings disowned me because they blamed me for a suicide. Well, I was still trying to figure out, like, I had to deal with all of my dad's stuff. I was, who the hell, at 18, like... So I had to figure out all of life. And next thing I knew, I was in hair school trying to say, like, well, I have to do something to pay bills. Right? So that's why the dedication is for him. I have goosebumps all over my I want to take a second. Wow. This makes this book. Yeah, waterworks are going special. <laughs> yeah, and the dedication alone struck a chord with me in a different way. Um, but knowing like what it meant for you, yeah, and knowing what it meant for me when I read that, just show goes to show to me that. Your words and how I keep saying you're changing, you're going to change. Your experiences are going to 
help so many people. And uh, I've said so many times I'm not an emotional person. I know, but I can see it on your face right now. Um, <laughs> join us. Join us in the wow. cry side. Um, wow. You are so special. You are so special. Um, and... This is, like I said, it's going to mean something different for everyone that reads it. And I think everyone should listen to the last 10 seconds of this podcast just to know how much it meant to you. (laughs) Because it makes it that much more special. Wow, wow, wow. Let's take a second before we ask the next question. Okay. (laughs) Let's... <laughs> There's probably something around here, too. Okay. Paper towels. Let me check that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't you got me in my feels. Not cool. Is. Not cool. Okay. <laughs> Hardy um, foul. I really hate to <laughs> break the mood here, yeah. but uh, I don't know how long we weren't recording on our <laughs> camera, but yeah. we're going to have... Just your face for all of whatever all that was. All of that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, that's fine. I'm expressive. I look you like look a cartoon beautiful. half the time. You're a pretty crier. <laughs> that's the most tears we've had so far. It's a... Um, the secret is having a shit ton of very well set makeup on your face. Because <laughs> that shit's not moving, right? bitch. You're, you're good, girl. <laughs> All right, I don't, I, like, feel almost guilty asking the next question because I, like, don't want to go after that, but it's, um. All right, let's go. No, we're going to lighten the mood. It can't go down from here. So what's question number two? So countering that, can you share a moment with us where you've surprised yourself with something you've been able to accomplish? Like maybe writing a book or something. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Well, I, yeah, I was going to say, well, I wrote a fucking book, but I feel like I can't use that one. Um, I have like, I mean, I have a laundry list. I'm just kind of surprised at everything I do. That's Um, the thing. When you think you can't do anything, anything you do kind of feels like an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, so I did go independent, right? And I was scared shitless to make that jump because I've been working for the same company for seven years, seven and a half years. And that's, that's a long time in this industry. It really is. And I had no savings. I had not a lot of room on my credit cards. Um, I decided to plan it like on top of my wedding. Like I was decorating my suite, like the week of my wedding. Uh, So, you know, my husband is a saint for tolerating me making that jump all at once um I don't think he approved but he (laughs) tolerated um yeah that's part of why I made the jump is because I was not growing I wasn't growing I was stalled out and I could see that it wasn't I mean Mm -hmm. I'd hit my ceiling and uh since you know it's the beginning of the year still I looked back at my numbers for my first full year because I made the jump in November and in 2021, I did the same dollars in that I did when I was working for a huge 
corporate salon with huge marketing expenses and all the like walk-ins and pass-offs that you get without double booking at all. Um, doing all the marketing on my own. Um, I would say it's for the people out there who are like, don't go to a suite or like everyone go to a suite because it's less work and more money. No, it's not. It's, it's different work. Mm-hmm. It's different work. You still do a lot of it. Trust me. Um, but yeah, just the fact that I didn't necessarily grow, but I broke even my first full year in business. And that was scary as hell considering for the first three yeah. months I was yeah. living on my credit cards. That That is an accomplishment because most businesses, <laughs> isn't it like five years or something before they break even? Yeah. You know? I mean, and you did it with a kid. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. That so. is, you should be absolutely be proud of that. Yeah. I love it. And I decided oh to homeschool last summer God. in the middle of Are also. Are you freaking kidding me? You're a psychopath. You? Dude. <laughs> I love it. Wow. <laughs> well. Homeschool, that's a lot. Yeah. I also cosplay and weightlift in all of my free time. I'm <laughs> telling you, I really think that you and Emma would be great I friends. I know. Seriously. I wish you lived closer. <laughs> Y'all can meet in the middle and that's go called, hiking. And that's on it's not that far. Woman. Just all my friends live far away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So just, mm-hmm. I, I think breaking even, like matching dollar for dollar what I did with all of the mm-hmm. backing of a mm-hmm. big ass company yeah. on my own Absolutely. by myself. And room to grow. Pretty cool. I love it's it. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's Hell only yeah. up from here. It's got to be. Well, I'm excited because I'm gonna break that stupid hundred thousand dollar mark. I look, I will own up to it. I'm Girl, not a hundred thousand dollar hairstylist. Hey, listen but I've to also Erica. been working no more than three days you a only week. Work three days a week. I yeah, I work at max three days a week. Sometimes it's two days a week, and I take four weeks off a year. That's right. You talked about you did that, that in the you book. Did talk about that, Girl. So okay, I used to literally <laughs> teach a class on. Um, how to become a hundred thousand dollar hairstylist, and I never hit a hundred thousand dollars, and I finally did it last year. And if you're getting close in three days a week, I worked six days a week to do it. So if you're anywhere close to that, you should be proud of yourself because that's a lot, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to do six days a week to hit mm-hmm. it, and then once I hit it, I went back. Yeah. Well, my goal next year is to hit it in less days. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going up with it. I'm just trying to do it in less days, which is technically up. So, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's that's still more money. Like when you look at your your mm-hmm. if you're doing yeah. it in less days, it it's more money. Mm-hmm. OK, well, this episode has been gold, has been golden, probably actually the longest episode, episode we've ever had. Sure. But holy shit, is it a good one? Yeah, It's jam packed. <sighs> I can't wait to put this out. Right? I can't wait for your book to come out literally next week. Um, we will provide a shopping link. Yes. For a pre-order, um, as well as links for all of Emma's things in the bottom. But um, you made it through this episode of Break Room Banter. You if you want to follow us on our social media journey. I am at Herrick Hunter on all the things. <laughs> and I am Erica the Redhead on all the things. Our podcast Instagram uh, our podcast is at Break Room Banter Pod on all the things. And Miss Emma, 
Um, I am Verdandi Salon. It's a little bit weird. It's V-E-R-D-A-N-D-I Salon. Um, on pretty much everything. On all I'm the things. Consistent. On all the things. <laughs> um, and until next yeah. time, remember. You always have a seat at our table. <laughs> Bye. Bye.